0: This is District Sentinel Radio, the newscast of record for the left. I'm Sam Sachs. I am Sam Knight. We are broadcasting out of the good old Sentinel Fort here in Town, Washington, D.C. Check out the website, districtsentinel.com. Check out the Patreon, patreon.com slash districtsentinel. Five bucks a month to get access to all the content we put out, plus your own haiku written for you read on the air. You can choose your own subscriber level. And if you choose the highest subscriber level, you get to name our studio. You get to name the Sentinel Fort. Patreon.com slash District Sentinel. Closing arguments underway in the impeachment trial in the Senate. We saw Ken Starr make an appearance for the uh, president's defense team here. He was charged with making part of the closing argument for the defense team, which has argued that no president really can commit impeachable offenses. And if this president was indeed guilty of the crimes alleged that that is not impeachable, who better to make the case than the guy who spearheaded the last impeachment? (laughs) We've seen Ken Starr against Bill Clinton. I guess just uh, rubbing it in our faces just how ridiculous this whole thing is. Um, after proceedings today, there's going to be two days of deliberations where senators will be able to make comments on the Senate floor. And then Wednesday, there's the vote and Trump will be acquitted and this thing will be over. But uh, as far as today goes, closing arguments are going to wrap up here. They're wrapping up now which will allow senators like Bernie Sanders to get to Iowa. The Iowa caucus starts tonight, and things are looking good
1: for the burn. That's right. We, uh, we saw one satellite caucus already, the first one in the state, where there were like uh, 15 people in the room, Yeah, 14 for Sanders, one for Warren. <laughs> and obviously I, I don't want to read too much into that, but it's a promising start. <laughs> yes, the one Warren supporter
0: chose not to realign after not reaching the 15% threshold. They could have joined with Sanders. Instead, they just didn't have their vote counted
1: and left. <laughs> I, I, I have a feeling that person is online, <clears throat> the, the, one, the one Warren supporter who refused to caucus. Maybe
0: they're part of the, what was it, like the 7%? The 7% of Democrats who have an unfavorable view of Bernie Sanders?
1: Not uh, not everyone is as online as we are, but some of us, one of the Sams at least, is I think a little more online than the other, because I was asking if you had heard of Regina Marston. I have not. Why is her, her not name not. on the script here? Who uh, okay. is Regina Marston? Okay. I, I will try to do the abbreviated version of this, because don't need to go into everything, but... Basically, when Rashida Tlaib uh, apologized for booing Hillary Clinton, which she absolutely should not have uh, apologized for that. No. Uh, nothing to apologize for.
0: And technically, she didn't totally apologize. She kind of
1: says she wished she would have handled the situation better. Sure. But did not take it back. <laughs> <laughs> well, anyway, uh, a woman named Regina Marston got in Tlaib's replies and uh was just condescending and racist uh, called her girl which you know probably shouldn't do as a a white person to someone who's not white and then uh, she also said that Talib should uh, hire a PR crisis firm and that I am a communications pro and I know what I'm talking about at which point basically all of left Twitter uh, told her that she was wrong and bad, and uh, she had like a 48-hour meltdown, which ended with her locking her account and claiming that uh, she was hacked. <laughs> I've been trying
0: to stay off Twitter on the weekends, and this is what I miss. I guess
1: it was just—it was just so beautiful. It was so poetic to go from condescending, condescendingly lecturing someone who is uh, better at her job than you. Is Congresswoman Tlaib's a Congresswoman. You're running for Congress. So of course, this woman's a Democrat, by the way.
0: <laughs> I'm sure she's probably been been endorsed by all the major Democratic organizations. Well, she was,
1: uh, she was endorsed by the AFL-CIO, well, according there, to yeah. her bio, which is grim. She's in a very heavily Republican district. I don't think anyone could win this district. It, it was like R plus 13 in a blue wave election year in 2018. So I don't think anyone could win this district. They're just nominating a lamb to the slaughter here. And uh, yeah, Regina Marston just it, it, it was so poetic going from lecturing someone being a communications pro uh, to locking your account and saying that you were hacked in like a span of 24 hours.
0: Well, people like Regina are going to be pretty disappointed tonight. We hope we can only we hope. hope. I know that uh, it's been a long year it's been a long four years <laughs> given given everything that's happened over the last four years i'd say that uh the bernie folks have been waiting pretty fucking patiently yeah for uh, another moment like this that's and right and i know that the sanders campaign has uh had its up and da- ups and downs over the last year but has remained rather steady and by ups and downs i mean other candidates have have spent their time above Sanders only to then fall below Sanders and heading into Iowa tonight the Sanders campaign is in the best position it's been in so far
1: this entire election cycle I would say in addition to obviously hoping for a large Bernie Sanders victory tonight I am also hoping for uh, Pete Buttigieg to finish below the double digits because he is putting a lot into this Iowa caucus and he is fucking awful and he's a goddamn weasel and I hope he shits himself on the national stage tonight. That'd be great. That'd be great
0: if Pete Buttigieg pooped his pants tonight. We'll see. It's Monday, February 3rd,
1: 2020. Here's the news. It's a big week for economic news, and not just because Bernie crushing Iowa could royal stock markets. Oh, can you imagine? <laughs> uh, we, we might just imagine in a few hours. We might just more than imagine. We might see it in real time. Uh, they might start early. They might start crashing the economy early. This morning, the Chinese stock market took an absolute hammering. Major indexes in China were down about 8%. Per CNN, shareholders lost some $445 billion in value. The sell-off was expected. Yesterday, the Chinese government announced it would inject $173 billion into financial markets in anticipation of the fire sale, which was caused by the spread of the coronavirus. Markets in China had been closed last week for Lunar New Year celebrations. Between the start of the holiday and now, The number of coronavirus cases in China spiked from 800 to 17,000, as CNN noted. The virus, of course, originated in the city of Wuhan in Hubei province. Despite this, the New York Stock Exchange had a rosy outlook this morning. The NYSE Composite Index was actually up about 1% in the first 90 minutes of trading this morning. One reason why, markets in the U.S. have had time over the past week to react to the alarming spread of the coronavirus. The NYSE Composite Index was down two and a quarter percentage points last week, while markets in China were still closed for the new year. Also, as alluded to, institutional investors could be sitting on big trades this morning because they're waiting to see how things pan out tonight in Iowa. A decisive win by frontrunner Bernie Sanders could deal a huge blow the coked-up dipshits who play casino with federally-backed money, also health insurance vampires. Speaking of playing casino, the Trump administration is trying to make it easier. As we noted last week, five financial regulators proposed making it easier for banks to invest in hedge funds and private equity firms, an initiative to revise the post-crisis Volcker rule. One of those agencies also wants to make it easier for Wall Street to speculate on physical commodities. Commodity Futures Trading Commission proposed a new rule last week on so-called position limits. It was approved by commission members in a three-to-two party line vote. Democratic member Dan Berkovitz said in a dissenting statement that it could cause speculative activity to spike, quote, in many physical delivery, agricultural, metals, and energy commodities, and that there would be, quote, no opportunity to monitor for or guard against adverse market impacts.
0: Speaking of the leading candidate in the Democratic primary, <laughs> Bernie Sanders, he and his top Y'all talking about Bernie Sanders? Yeah, we're talking about him. He and his top surrogate in Congress, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, have dropped legislation to ban fracking. Thank you. The legislation was officially introduced last Friday with Sanders' measure in the Senate and AOC's in the House. The bills include two phases toward prohibiting the practice of hydraulic fracturing. The first phase kicks in in a year, on February 1st, 2021, when the EPA will revoke the permits of all frackers operating a well within 2,500 feet of a home, school, or occupied building. The bill describes the major risks to nearby populations caused by fracking. In the decade between 2005 and 2014, there were more than 6,600 spills at fracking wells around the country. Also highlighting how environmental and racial justice are linked, as Bernie tried to do in the last debate, but the moderator was too fucking stupid to understand it. The legislation notes that more than 1 million African Americans live within a half mile of oil or natural gas wells or processing and storage facilities. In recognizing how fracking accelerates climate change through the release of particularly potent greenhouse gases like methane, plus its role in increased seismic activity. And for all the other reasons already mentioned, the legislation would ban fracking altogether on and offshore in the United States by January 1st, 2025. In addition to Senator Sanders, Senator Jeff Merkley has signed on to the Senate bill. And in addition to AOC, Rep. Darren Soto has co-sponsored the House bill.
1: January 1st, 2025 could be... February 1st. Oh, yeah, never mind. Sorry. That could be uh, right before the start of President Sanders' second administration. (laughs) Inshallah. (laughs) Also, hopefully, the beginning of the end of uh, Boris Johnson's time as the UK Prime Minister. I mean, hopefully it will happen well before that, but... I don't think uh, they, they need to call an election until then. So, God damn, that is, that is, oh man, we we're all optimistic about Iowa. And I had to remind us about fucking Boris Johnson. Mm. Anyway, Education Secretary Betsy DeVos is dodging the House Oversight Committee. Today, Committee Chair Carolyn Maloney said DeVos is refusing to agree before the panel. The New York Democrat said committee staff tried, quote, for weeks to get DeVos to testify, But while the Department of Education wouldn't nail down a time, DeVos did find time this week to leave Washington to campaign for President Trump. She's in Iowa today and is heading to Pennsylvania tomorrow for the president's reelection effort. Maloney said it's not inherently wrong for DeVos to hit the campaign trail for President Trump, but, quote, you may not do so when it interferes with your official duties, including your duty to testify before Congress. The oversight chair said DeVos was abusing her power, but despite the characterization being obviously true, all Maloney threatened to do about it was think about it. If you will not agree to testify, she threatened, the committee will have no choice but to consider. To consider issuing a subpoena To compel your appearance Oh my god, you will consider it Oh my god, don't hurt her, Congresswoman Maloney I'm gonna take a shit on this one For a while (laughs) I'm gonna contemplate this for a bit (laughs) (laughs) Sometimes You get some good thinking done in there Post-lunch shit, Betsy DeVos You're gonna be the top thing I'm thinking about Betsy DeVos, I'm gonna have a coffee uh, Smoke a cigarette Take a dump And after that dump, I'm going to know exactly what to do about you. It's likely Maloney will need to end up issuing that subpoena if the direction of the committee's inquiries is any indication. The panel wants DeVos to testify about, quote, federal student loans, policies on campus sexual harassment and assault, protections for students at for-profit colleges, the independence of the department's inspector general, compliance with collective bargaining requirements, and other matters. Maybe Secretary DeVos can just make the inquiry go more smoothly if she just turns on the location of her yachts.
0: Turn them on. Flip them on. The ones that haven't been sunk. (laughs) (laughs) Finally... The Federal Trade Commission has filed suit to block a major merger in the wet shave industry.
2: <laughs>
0: in an announcement on Monday, the FTC said it's moving to stop the purchase of online razor seller Harry's Inc. by razor giant Edgewell Personal Care Company. The merger was announced last year with Edgewell posting $1.37 billion for the acquisition.
1: Wait, Harry's Inc. is a, is a pun, right? Harry Sink? From shaving, Uh, I didn't get that.
0: (laughs) Maybe it is. I I I hope so. Yeah,
1: probably is. I hope so.
0: Anyways, the FTC stated, "You're right." I should smoke weed before we record. (laughs) The FTC stated that the buyout would quote eliminate one of the most important competitive forces in the shaving industry. Daniel Francis, the deputy director of the FTC's Bureau of Competition, added that, quote, Harry's is a uniquely disruptive competitor in the wet shave market, and it has forced its rivals to offer lower prices and more options to consumers across the country. Edgewell's effort to short-circuit competition by buying up its newer rival promises serious harm to consumers, end quote. The FTC highlighted data showing that prior to Harry's entrance into the wet shave market...
2: <laughs>
0: I almost fell off my seat
1: here. What is the dry shave? Dry shave is just an electric shave, yes, right? Yes, What? I yes, mean, okay. Compared Any- to
0: like a razor that you would use... Yes.
1: Anyway. With,
0: yeah, shaving cream.
1: Anyway. Um, it's just, it's a, it's a, you know, wet shave, wet shave. I don't know. Maybe well, I'm just still a 14-year-old boy, but it... <laughs>
0: Anyways, Harry's entered the market in 2016. Before that, the industry was pretty much under the control of two companies, Edgewell and its Chic brand razors, and Procter & Gamble with its Gillette razors. Um, each uh, company also has its respective female razors. I think like one of them is Venus and I don't, whatever. I'm uh, Venus. <laughs> in, in the words of the FTC, the two companies operated as, quote, a comfortable duopoly characterized by annual price increases that were not driven by changes in costs or demand. Harry's disrupted that, offering consumers lower prices by purchasing razors online, forcing their competitors to, for the first time, lower their own prices Anyway, the FTC voted five to zero to authorize staff to seek a restraining order to block the merger until an administrative trial can be held here in DC. That's scheduled for later this year on June 30th. I'm a dry shave boy. I don't. I can't remember the last time I've I've wet shaved. So I don't know. None of, none of this matters too much to me. I love me a good sopping wet shave. <laughs> i i do trim every like six months you do a shave you are a clean boy
1: afterward i i i trim though i do i am mostly a dry well i'm not really a shave boy i'm more of a dry trim although sometimes i do uh the uh desert rainforest combo in which i do the dry trim but then i shave the neck beard with foam and a razor and that that feels quite nice
0: yes the dry wet shave combo there the
1: the desert jungle the desert rainforest or whatever
0: that music means the newscast is over and it's time to read some poetry for the new subscribers on patreon patreon.com slash district sentinel i'll go first this one is for amy packing up the snacks doritos goldfish ding-dongs can't forget pringies
1: (laughs) thank you amy This is for Aaron. Senator Sanders ate all of Iowa's corn. This is not normal. Thank you, Aaron. Finally,
0: this is for Ricardo. Just like Pavlov's dog, when Hillary Clinton talks, we should all just boo.
1: (laughs) Boo. 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 (laughs) Thank you, Ricardo. Thank you, Ricardo. Sorry, I was just booing because I heard the name Hillary Clinton. Boo. 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 <laughs> it even works when I say the name. I just it's, it's a reflex at this yes. point. Hillary Clinton. Boo. 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 <laughs> Thanks, Ricardo. Thanks to all the new
0: subscribers. Patreon.com slash district sentinel. We got more haiku coming up for tomorrow's show. Connor, Robin, Tom, we've got haiku lined up for you. All right, before we go, let's check out the listener rant line.
2: Hey guys, my name is Ian. I'm a first-time long time, and I'm calling in but I got really pissed off today. I saw both of you were um, jumping on, uh, dunking on Sager and Jetty, and I fucking hate that guy. And He's I don't back. get why so many, so many decent lefties are like thinking of him as something anything other than just like a younger Tucker Carlson. So I went to grad school, and I. His reputation was basically known as someone who doesn't believe in anything. And he would just take whatever position. He, he could just adapt very easily to whatever position like helped him the most. And what a shock. That's his career now. now he fucking sucks. I'm, I get mad looking at his stupid face. And, yeah, that's it. I just, I know you too would appreciate it. All right, keep up the good work. Cheers.
1: Really appreciate the call, Ian. Thank you so much. I, you know, the part where you said he doesn't believe in anything really resonates with me because when we were having our DM, he was like, "You can cut the dirtbag left shit." You know, we're we're in private. And I was like, this. You know, this, is this might be a game or a shtick to you, but I genuinely believe in things. Uh, I'm sorry. just a dirtbag asshole. <laughs> what are yeah, you talking I, about? I, this is yeah, a Yeah, yeah. I. Um, this is not a shtick. I, if I saw you die in the street, I would the literally not call 911. The same
0: way I'm insulting you on the timeline, I'm gonna insult you in the DMs as well. <laughs> okay, <laughs> thank you for calling. Uh, you too can call the rant line 202-684-6108. Leave a message. We'll play it on air. That will do it for the show today. We will be back tomorrow. We're here in D.C. So you don't have to be.